Hello, welcome to the Loose Change Podcast, episode number 48. Not a ton going on right now, but there's some big news going on. And is with the Red Sox specifically. And we had to bring on one guy that we've been trying to get on as our guest forever now. But this is a great week to get him on. His name is Jared Carabas. You may hear him on Barstool every once in a while. His boss tends to pronounce his name wrong. Uh, all the time. You can hear my podcast called Section 10 Podcast. We're online. Uh, starting nine pod, starting nine show on Barstool. And if you tune in Sirius XM Channel 85's The Evening Yak, yak you will hear him there too. Uh, Jared Carabas, thank you so much for coming on, man. Hey, what's going on, guys? Jared, you're doing a lot now. You are really just way too busy for your own good. Yeah, it's uh, it keeps me busy. It, it, See, the problem is, is that when I don't have anything to do, I don't know if you saw this on Twitter last night, but uh, the Yankee blogger at Barstool Sports, his name is Hubs, and he's incredibly annoying. And last night on Twitter, we debated fastball percentages for three and a half hours. So when I don't have anything to do, that's sort of what I'm up to. Yeah, but I feel like I feel like that's what you're doing anyway. I like I'm not I, yeah. I don't go on Twitter much without seeing you tweeting about baseball. Yeah, I really I don't have a life outside of baseball, which is fine. It is what it is. Hey, you got you got you a job, dude. Whatever. Uh, True. But hey, you know the big news. The big news this week. We saw your reaction on Twitter. You were going nuts. World Series back on. JD Martinez yep. with the Boston Red Sox. What do you think? I just want to start it off with what do you think with the overall deal? How do you think it works out for the Red Sox? How do you think it works out for J.D. Martinez? What do you just think about the deal in general? Five years, $110 million. Yeah, I thought for the most part it was uh, it was perfect. The Red Sox needed a power bat. Um, I thought it was a perfect marriage, so to speak. Uh, they were last in the league in home runs last year. And, um, you know, I think you know, I, I think they really underestimated the impact that David Ortiz retiring would have on the rest of the lineup because, you know, they go out and the year David Ortiz's last year, the Red Sox scored 100 more runs than any other team in the league, and you know they they lose Ortiz, they sign Mitch Moreland, who had a pretty good year offensively, uh, and they still weren't anywhere close to what they were um, in 2016. And I don't really think that that's an indictment on Mitch Moreland and his production. You had a lot of guys who took a step back instead of a step forward. You had Mookie Betts who finished runner up for MVP in 2016. He had a pretty pedestrian year last year. Uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. Took a step back. Then Bogart battled injuries. Uh, Sandy Leone obviously wasn't the offensive force that he was in the second half of 2016. So uh, there, and then you obviously had Pablo Sandoval contributed absolutely nothing. So, yeah, I think for the most part, it was sort of trying to figure out what their identity was as an offense without David Ortiz. And uh, they rolled the dice with, you know, the, the lineup as it was without Ortiz. And it didn't really work out. And Hanley Ramirez had the chance to sort of, you know, slide into that DH role and, and really make some, some noise there, not having to play first base, not having to play left field, not having to play shortstop. And he didn't really do much with that opportunity. So the Red Sox realized we can't really afford another first round exit. You know, they had, uh, they've invested so much in this team, both financially. And then, you know, you look at the sale deal, you look at the Kimbrell deal, the Pomeranz deal, they've, they've pretty much decimated their farm system to uh, supplement the, 
the young core that they have with some, some veteran talent here and, and a first round exit was unacceptable. And, and I, I don't want to say that the window is closing because, you know, they still have th- those young players, but Chris Sale, um, he's only got two more years left. They have to really do something. With, they have to make it worthwhile to give up the top prospect in baseball, plus Michael Kopik, who's probably going to be a stud for the White Sox. They have to justify giving up those pieces and keep plugging holes. You know, when they needed an ace, they signed David Price. When David Price wasn't good enough, they traded for another ace in Chris Sale. And when the offense isn't good enough without David Ortiz, they go out and get J.D. Martinez, who uh, is – second to Mike Trout's slugging percentage over the last four seasons. So I think it's a nice fit. And I think J.D. Martinez is, uh, is going to enjoy hitting at Fenway Park. Um, but there still are some question marks, too, because, you know, you look at where he was in, in Detroit. He had Miguel Cabrera. He had Victor Martinez. And, you know, in Arizona, he had uh, Paul Goldschmidt in that lineup with him. So, you know, who's going to be protecting J.D. Martinez in this lineup? We don't really know quite yet uh, who that's going to be and if that's going to impact his offensive numbers. But um, I sort of tip my hat to Dave Dombrowski because, you know, Scott Morris, his agent wanted to get him seven years, $210 million. And uh, Dave Dombrowski stood pat with what he felt was, was fair and what he was comfortable with moving forward. And, And he got the guy that the Red Sox needed for the price that certainly was not an overpay. So, Jared, I mean, you talk a lot about, you know, J.D. having protection, things like that. Obviously, with this contract, you he can opt out after two years. He can opt out after three years. He could be here for five. Is he the type of player yeah. that can, can be the guy? Like, can he handle playing in Boston? Um, and do you think the opts out even matter? Or I think the opt outs definitely matter. Uh, you know, it's a front-loaded contract. So, we don't know what the the salary is year by year. I believe the only year that we do know is 2020 is $22 million. So we know that it's $50 million over the first two, and then he has the opt-out after two. So he's making $50 million, and then he'll make $72 million over three years if he, if he chooses to stay for that third year. Um, so that's why I think it's fair, because, you know, he wanted an average annual value of $30 million, and then five years – a hundred million was, you know, 20 million. So it seems like they met in the middle, at least for the, the, the front part of this contract. So I think that that's why I don't think that there'll be any hard feelings here. I don't think that there, it was a low ball offer. And if he really wants that average annual value of 25 million, which is in the middle of what he wanted and what the Red Sox sort of offered, and he can opt out after two years. And obviously um, being that he's 30 years old, those first two years should be, logically speaking, the best years of that contract. So it could be a win-win for both sides. Yeah, absolutely. It could. Uh, I think it's definitely a win-win for both sides at this point. Um, kind of going into the season now, when JD is in this lineup, we, David Price came out and said, "Oh, you know, be, expect to get booed, but you're going to love it here." Do you kind of see JD Martinez being a player to a get booed or be kind of clashing with this lineup at all, especially with David Price? Um, no, I think the whole thing with David Price, which I really wish he would have just kept those comments as a private conversation between him and JD. <laughs> but it's David uh, Price, so he won't that. do that. Yeah, I think, well, because he sort of cited David Ortiz as a guy that got booed so anyone can get booed. I don't think he really said, like, 
you're going to get booed, definitely. It was more just if, if, you know, these fans expect a lot out of you, especially if you're a guy that, you know, is not homegrown. You already get that one strike against you if you're not homegrown. Um, and if you're you're making a lot of money, that's another strike against you. That, that's high expectations. And I think if you look back on the guys who did get booed, it was Carl Crawford, did not perform, was not from here, and he failed. Pablo Sandoval was not from here. He failed. And I think with, with Sandoval, he also made some comments and fans were, you know, very turned off by how lazy he came across with his weight and his work ethic. Uh, so that was a strike against him. And then with Price, you know, the fans are not on his side either because of the, the run-ins with Evan Drellick and, and Dennis Eckersley. So with J.D. Martinez, he's a very laid-back guy. He's very uh, – he's, he's, a, he's a good guy. I don't think that there's going to be the issues that we saw – with Price, there's not going to be issues that we saw with Sandoval. Um, he's a guy that works hard, he's in shape, and he's not going to give you any sound bites that are going to rub you the wrong way. So it, I think if he comes in here and he performs well, there isn't going to be a whole lot of booing going on. All right, so my question, we got Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts, he's already... I know this. I know this pisses you off. I've heard you plenty of times now on your podcast say Mookie Betts doesn't think he's going to be better than he was in 2016 ever, which is insane. Do mm. you think there's a chance of him getting any better in 2018? Because I think Mookie's one of the biggest pivotal pieces to this lineup. If if they're gonna if they're gonna you know win the World Series. Yeah, I think um, that should be his goal. Whether or not he is ever better than he was in 2016, I don't think it's like a guarantee or anything. He definitely should be better than what he was in 2017. That's for sure. Uh, I think that with him, I don't know what his, his attitude is or his mental makeup. I know that he's, he's definitely a, a shy, timid guy. He doesn't really have like that killer instinct, so to speak, but uh, he's very, very talented. You know, we, how quickly we forget that he was a second base prospect. He transitions to, um, Right field, especially at Fenway Park, you know, you have to be very athletic to field that position very well, and he has, uh, and the statistics back that up. So I just kind of look at Mookie as a guy who should absolutely be focused on being better every single year, not hanging his hat on one season that he had as a 24-year-old when you don't really even enter your prime years until you're 25. But he's right in the middle of his prime right now. I think he can be better. I know he can be better. Um, and, and I fully expect him to at least be better than he was last year and closer on the end of the spectrum of where he was in 2016. Okay, on that note then, Jared, do you, this roster is obviously built to have those those guys, Mookie Betts, Sander Bogarts, Devers even, Benatendi, those guys they need to produce or this team's not going to be there. Um, can these young kids produce the way they need to to compete with the Yankees? Because as much as people hate to say it and Brian Cashman doesn't want to admit it, the Yankees are better on paper and they are the better team at this point, in my opinion. So can these young kids step up this year and play alongside J.D. Martinez and the pitching staff to compete with the Yanks and hopefully make a push? Yeah, I, I think, you know, if you look around the diamond, Andrew Benintendi should definitely, not that he was bad last year, he was probably one of the better players on the team last year. I still think that he's going to continue to, to improve and get better. Sander Bogarts, I feel like no one even mentions him anymore. Like, you know, it was how quickly... We, we were just talking about how Bogarts was going to get a $200 million contract, let's suspend this guy, and now he's sort of an afterthought after one bad year when really in 2015, 2016, 
he was approaching 200 hits in both of those seasons, and he, he battled his injuries last year too. I think that that had a big reason why he didn't perform as well as we sort of expected him to. Um, so if he's healthy, I expect Bogarts to be much better. Jackie Bradley, I mean, he's not particularly young anymore. I think he's 28. He's getting closer to 30, which is when you start to decline. So I don't know. I, I kind of look at him not – I don't want to compare him to Clay Buckholz, but in the sense that year after year with Buckholz, you sort of get tired of talking about potential and what he could be, and then you sort of get to the realization point where maybe this just is what he is. And in 2016, that was his breakout year that he just did not build on really in 2017. But um, I still think that he's capable of producing the way that he did in 2016. So th- there's a lot of question marks, you know, uh, in terms of the guys who are already here, the guys who are returning from last year and the year before. Uh, but I think with the team last year, you had a, a collective regression. I mean, there was really no standout players on the team last year besides Chris Sale and Craig Kimmel. Everyone else was either meh or big-time disappointment, especially Hanley Ramirez was a big-time disappointment last year. Um, big time. So I sort of I, I looked at a lot of guys who aren't necessarily on the decline in terms of how old they are and where they are in their career that had down years last year that are fully capable of having much better years this year. So J.D. Martinez, big power hitter. How many, I just want a prediction, how many balls do you think J.D. bounces off the roof of the cask and flagon? I mean, it's so that's the other thing, too, that not a lot of people are playing up the narrative that he doesn't really stay on the field a whole lot. Um, He's had his injuries. um, That's sort of like a noted thing that, I think Red Sox fans right now are just sweeping under the rug because they're just excited to have a player who's capable when he's on the field of being a really big impact power bat. Uh, So let's just say he does play 125 games, which I'll take, you know, if he plays 125 games, I'll definitely take that, Uh, you know, high thirties, low forties. You know, I think he's definitely capable, not so much of repeating what he did last year. His, his slugging percentage last year was like North of, 700. It was ridiculous. You were talking like Barry Bonds type production from J.D. Martinez last year. Uh, but I will take a season where, you know, he can get you close to 40 home runs. And uh, I, to say that he can do that in 125 games is ridiculous because if you pace that out over a full season, you're talking about passing Roger Maris. Like that's the type of impact bat that he can be if you can get him healthy enough to stay on the field for a considerable amount of time. So it sounds like, Jared, that you know, he was told he's going to play some outfield, right? He said he still wants to play outfield. He doesn't want to be a full-time DH. He will be primarily a DH here. So kind of two questions for you. One, does the DH factor keep him on the field more in terms of health? And two, how often does he really sniff the outfield? Or they just say that to get him here. Uh, yeah, it's a good question. Um, in theory, it should help if he's not playing the field. Uh, but even if he was playing left field, which I'm assuming, you know, if, if there's a lefty on the mound, that that's probably when he's going to get his days in left field. And, and I don't want it to be a platoon situation either. Like I still want Ben Attendee to see left-handed pitching. Uh, but I think that, you know, if I don't want to mess with Bradley in center either, you know, and so if it's, if you have a situation where there's a lefty on the mound, maybe that's just a day that Bradley gets a day off, a scheduled day off. It's not a platoon situation. Same thing for Ben Attendee. 
So if he is going to play left field, um, I'm assuming it's going to be when there's a lefty starter on the mound, but I don't really see many opportunities for him in that outfield. You know, those are not platoon outfielders out there uh, as they currently have this outfield assembled. But uh, to the point about it, could the DH help? It, it definitely can't hurt. So I, I am interested to see how many games played he ends up with if he ends up, you know, 75% of his at-bats come as a DH. So there is another guy on the team, big name, Chris Sale. Jared, I'm telling you, when they traded for Chris Sale, Chris Sale is one of my favorite players in baseball. And when they traded for him last offseason, I almost, I laid on the ground at my job. I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't stand. I laid on the ground at my job. It was unbelievable. But the guy folded last year. And he's, he's a big, he's a big scrawny guy. I mean, he kind of folded near the end of the season. Do you think that's going to be more of the same this year? Because I know we talked about maybe fixing that up. But, I mean, that that was Red Sox perspective. That's scary as hell because he's your best arm. Yeah, and, you know, I think the, the scary thing is that, you know, you trust the people who are employed by the Boston Red Sox to sort of be smarter than everyone else. But, you know, that was that was a thing before he came to Boston, that he fades in the second half. We all know what kind of build Chris Sale has. He's a rail. He's like six foot six, 110 pounds. So it's not a surprise when he fades in the second half, especially when uh, he had thrown more pitches, more innings than anyone uh, going into the second half. And what they used to do with Pedro, who is also a, a small guy, is they used to build in these mini vacations for him during the year. It wouldn't be DL trips. They would just skip a few starts here and there um, to sort of keep him fresh in the second half and then for the postseason. So uh, I'm hoping that the Red Sox will be smarter about that. I know that they've sort of discussed that internally, how they're going to do it, uh, because you also don't want to have him, you know, take 10 days off and come back rusty or anything like that. I do think that they're going to have to be mindful of that. And I'm also just sort of puzzled as to why that wasn't taken into consideration last year, because like I said, that was an issue in Chicago. They should have known that Uh, they should have asked him about it. What, you know, sort of precautions or or measures that they would have taken to prevent that from happening. But uh, again, that was, uh, it all goes back to, you know, Chris Sale's only been here for one year, but it's, it's two years that they've, that they've, you know, been able to, not been able to get out of the first round of the postseason. And if they are too advanced, it's going to be because of Chris Sale and him getting two starts in a short series if necessary. Uh, So, yeah, they're going to need to figure out a way to keep him fresh in the second half. And if that means skipping a start here and there, then that's just what they're going to have to do. But at the same time, you have the Yankees who, like you said, they're, they're the better team on paper. They're the better team. So how many opportunities are you really going to have to rest Chris Sale in the second half when you're competing for the division, because obviously now with the second wild card, you want to avoid that wild card game at all costs. There's a huge advantage now to winning the division that didn't exist before when the Red Sox won the wild card in 2004, they were just, you know, in the division series against the angels. So um, they have to be mindful of Chris Sale's innings and the number of pitches that he's throwing, but also, you know, looking at the standings, we can't really be resting our best starting pitcher when you're fighting for a division title against a team that on paper is better than you. No, absolutely not. And I think um, part of what makes the Red Sox and Yankees rivalry so much better this season is obviously the addition of Stan and Martinez to the Red Sox and kind of shifting back to J.D. Martinez. I think what 
pissed me off the most about this whole signing is people were saying, oh, it's just one bat. It's not going to make this lineup any better. But people are forgetting that this lineup already has power. And I know J.D. Martinez is only going to add to it. So I kind of just want your take on those people saying, oh, he's not going to make it. A difference this team is still going to suck xyz they're not going to get out of the first round of the playoffs like what kind of impact is jd martinez going to add to this lineup because it already has that power um i think those people are stupid to be honest with you uh <laughs> if you if you look at the if you look at the 2017 team and you know i understand how the season ended it was very disappointing uh there was never really too much of a feel to that team like they were a runaway train they never looked like an unstoppable force and then you look up at the end of the year and they won 93 games in a division title so the way that I look at it is that they brought back the exact same team that won 93 games in a division title last year and then they added one of the best power bats in baseball so I understand sort of you know, feeling down on the team and sort of being dragged along and the whole they're not likable narrative. I think a lot of that had to do with John Farrell. He's gone. People are going to love Alex Cora as their manager. I understand that David Price is sort of a lightning rod for negativity, but I think that he also had a realization point over the offseason, like, hey, this elbow could go at any time. I'm not going to, and he probably saw what happened this past off season with all the free agent signings or lack thereof and money that wasn't going around. He knows he's not going to make the same amount of money if he opts out and chooses to sign elsewhere. So I think for David Price, he has to do what he has to do to make the best of the time that he still has with the Red Sox. I don't, I don't expect him to be this negative Nancy. That's going to be a distraction. Um, so to anyone that thinks that the Red Sox aren't going to be as good, if not better, they're just not paying attention or they're not well informed on the team. Because the other thing too, we mentioned David Price. You add David Price for one third of the season. If you have him for a full season this year and you add JD Martinez and you get Tyler Thornburg and you get Carson Smith, how is that not a better team, at least on paper? That's a badass team. It you doesn't just got make Lauren any very sense. Excited. You just got Lauren very excited. Ah. <laughs> Um, look, and it doesn't make sense. This team could be really good. Um, my biggest thing is Alex Cora. Um, and Jerry, I'm curious because I, I was not a John Farrell guy. A lot of people weren't John Farrell guys. It, it's just the way it worked out. Um, can Alex Cora come in here, be a first-year manager, take control of some of these egos, a.k.a. David Price, and, and really mold this team into uh, a rival of the Yankees and kind of increase what it used to be and, and put this team back to the top of baseball? Yeah, you know, I, I feel like a lot the rivalry thing is going to happen a lot this year. I think the the discussion of it it's already happening with the fans. I think it never really died with the fans, uh, but I don't really I don't know if um, it's going to happen so much on the field. I don't know that these two teams hate each other or that they're going to hate each other. Uh, it, it would be nice if that did happen. I don't think it's going to. <laughs> They're just too – I mean, it's just – it's not what it was. And it's never going to be what it was because the Red Sox have won three World Series now since 2003. Um, but I think for the most part, if you're looking for that rivalry to come back, it's never going to be the same. It's never going to be what you remembered it as. But that doesn't mean that it's not going to be really, really exciting to watch the American League East this year with two – Dare I say, evenly matched teams. You know, I, I acknowledge that if you if you look down and you want to check some boxes, 
You know, the Yankees' bullpen <laughs> is better. The Yankees' lineup is better. I would still take the Red Sox rotation, but, I, you know, the Red Sox can still score some runs. And the fact that their rotation is better, that means that they don't have to score as many runs as the Yankees do because they're going to be limiting teams to uh, a minimal amount of runs. So as long as their offense is good enough, which it should be, then these two teams are a lot more evenly matched than I think, especially Yankee fans, baseball fans in general, want to acknowledge. All right, Jared. So I have to ask, because being the baseball guy that you are um, and these rule changes that keep getting announced every year, pace of play, that whole garbage that they keep thinking they're going to shorten the game by 20 seconds and it's going to make everybody happy. Um, why, why in the world do they not have a pitch clock? Like, why won't they do it? Um, because it just it's the only rule that really makes the most sense to get the ball rolling of really cutting some serious time off the game besides maybe the Malvis. And that's just pissing off Christian Vasquez. So who needs that at this point? Yeah, uh, I think they just haven't perfected it yet. And, you know, I, I sort of look at what they were doing in the minor leagues. And they installed the pitch clock at the minor leagues, and then they would have these guys come up, and there's no pitch clock at the major league level. And then they just sort of work faster because they're conditioned to work faster because of the pitch clock at the minors. But then you get up to the major leagues, and you have these, you know, 30-year-old veteran divas that are making, you know, 20 million bucks a year and they don't want to be told what to do, and they don't want to change how it's always been for them. So they're going to find loopholes to sort of not follow the rules. Like there's, there's holes in the, in the whole pitch clock thing. Like if I'm on the mound and I have 20 seconds to deliver a pitch, if I'm not ready to deliver a pitch in 20 seconds, I'll just throw it at first base. And if there's not a runner on first base, I'll just step off the back of the mound. Like there's just ways around it. Um, so I think what they – yeah. It would be interesting to see how veteran guys that are against it adapt to it at the major league level. But I think if you just keep it at the minor league level, then you have guys sort of conditioned to work quicker at the minors. That by the time they get to the majors, they're not going to want to take, you know, 20 seconds to deliver a pitch anyways. Like that's going to be an eternity to them. So I think it's just sort of a process that's going to take a long time as you sort of phase out these, these veteran pitchers that have never worked with a pitch clock until you eventually have a league that, has only ever known a pitch clock at the minor league level. All right, Jared Krab is Barcelona Sports. Jared, before I let you go, I just want to I want to say one thing from the Section Ten podcast. One of my yep. favorite stories that I ever heard was Steve getting roofied at Foxwoods. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. That's a great that story. Unbelievable. Yeah. It was uh, it was something to behold and. Uh, there's, there is a there is a photograph that I took, but I, I was told by Steve that I'm not allowed to tweet it. Maybe <laughs> there will come a day where he'll come around and I'll be able to tweet that picture out and, and retell the story on a different platform. But uh, that was something else, See, seeing Steve get roofied and then walk into my hotel room and he's <laughs> on the ground with his pants to his ankles, his shoes still on, puke in the rug by his face, and, and he had a bloody nose. It's a great story. <laughs> just, I just can't imagine sitting there watching my friend just taking these drinks and just realizing he's had two drinks and he might be blacked out. <laughs> <laughs> like incredibly blacked out. Like the, the, the most intoxicated I've ever seen a person in my entire life. I can't. Oh, man. That freak. Even like guys can get roofy too. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> I mean, she was, she, she knew what she wanted. Let's just say that. <laughs> She was pumping it into a baby. Yeah, she, she she was willing to risk it all for Steve. <laughs> hey, were you were you jealous that it wasn't to you? Like she didn't she didn't want to roof for you. She had yeah, to roof that insult. Him. Yeah, really. Um, 
I mean, no, because uh, let's just say that uh, she was basically the equivalent of like three Jared. Not that there's anything wrong with that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hey, Jared, thank you so much for coming on tonight, man. Absolutely. Happy to do it. We'll do it again soon. Oh, absolutely. Jared Carabas, Barstool Sports, Starting 9, Section 10 Podcast, Evening Yak, 6 to 7 on Sirius XM Channel 85. Jared, once again, thank you so much for coming on tonight, man. Thanks, guys. All right, have a good one. The list goes on with Jared Carabas. <laughs> I always forget about that story. Oh, Steve, my God. Steve, I always I, I remember listening to it when that episode first came out. Like I was in my car and I was dying laughing sitting in traffic and like literally best story ever. I Dude, just, then I just picture at like Fox with you, Nick, and just me, what I would do if you were the one on the <laughs> ground, like roofied out of your mind, like not knowing what was going on. I just, I might just make sure you're okay, leave you there, laugh and go to bed. Like that's what I would do. Just unbelievable. Like you're just sitting there watching your buddy. <laughs> just, just like you're drinking and then you're blacking out. And like, and I know, I know some people who they're called lightweights in the drinking world who drink and a couple drinks in, they look like they're dead. Cheap date. But, but to like to get to that level that he described on the podcast, yeah. unbelievable. I'm not saying I want that to happen to one of my friends. I want them to be safe, but I kind of want to see that happen to one of my buddies. <laughs> as, long, as long as like you're with them and you yeah, can as take long as we can save them. them, as long as nothing bad happens. But if I can watch them, me and my friends talked about Rufy and my buddy Craig one night. We should Why do not? it. I don't know if you should talk about that on the radio, but okay. We're not going to do anything, doing. We're just we're just going to roof it. You can't roof your buddies anymore. No, you can't roof your buddies in 2018. <laughs> you legit cannot do that. I don't even know where to buy roofies. That's my problem with roofiers. What kind of scumbag finds a finds a place to go to buy roofies? Serious question. How do you know where you're going to buy roofies? And oh, you're, do you you're just... born. You're born into that game. Is it a you're pill? Born. Like I, <laughs> I, it's a, I think it's a, I see, I don't know. See, that's, so I'm not roofing Craig cause I have no idea how you can get roofies. <laughs> I have no idea what roofies look like, but if I were to have them, I'm going to Google it. Roofie and oh, Craig, not good. a bad idea. Don't, uh, I'm going to clear the cookies after that one there. Uh, Tarlin. Yeah. Uh, once again, Jared Carabas, thank you so much for coming on. Follow me on Twitter at Jared Carabas, J A R E D underscore Carabas, C A R R A B I S section 10 podcast uh did i say section nine you did at some you point did. i don't know if you were starstruck by having the great jerry did i say on, that but yeah. you were like section nine no starting nine i don't know it's in okay the beginning to... in the beginning i stumbled on it i forgive you it's fine it's a pill starting nine show from barcel sports and evening yak on sirius xm channel 85 Good yeah i up. thought it i'm just i'm just uh, i'm just realizing that i said section nine well, you know what? It's not. It's section 10. All right. My bad, Jared. But Get once again, together. Jared Robbins, thank you for coming on. Uh, weekly dump quick. There's not much. There's not much dumping going on. <laughs> um, one. Pat, hit the music. <laughs> weekly dump. Mark Cuban was fined $600,000 for telling his players that it's in his it's in the best interest of the team to tank. Yeah. Insane. Just, you guys are getting fined everything in the NBA now. I love it. No, I love it. No, I actually love it, though. It's such a great thing. And it's, it's such a Mark Cuban thing. He's like, I don't care. I'm going to tell him to lose. Like, I don't... What's 600 grand to him? Like, Dude, like what the hell? Like, what are you it's, doing? It's like literally five bucks. Like, here you go. I'll keep telling him. Kawhi Leonard, and we're going to talk about Mark Cuban more later. 
Kawhi Leonard, who was out with a quad injury, isn't expected to be back with the Spurs this season. And I just got a notification before the show that apparently it is his call. Doctors have cleared him to play. Ooh. He's choosing not to play. Not so that's, that. throwing, that's throwing a little rift in the old Spurs plans right now. Kawhi Leonard on the move next year? Kawhi to Boston. Kawhi to Boston? Start that going. I'd take him over Anthony Davis. You said a shout the MLB will instating three new pace of play rules. Each team will be only allowed six mound visits per game. And clear this up for people. That includes Xander Bogarts going to the mound randomly. That's one visit. A- anybody That's going to the mound. mound. Anybody going to the mound to stop the game yep. counts as a mound visit. Yep. You can get more mound visits, but the umpire has to grant them. You have to ask the umpire first. The umpire has to grant them. So uh, most terms would be like injuries, things like that. Yeah. Uh, batter announced... This is, this is a long, complicated one. It's the time one, so same as last year. I think it's 205 for regular games, 230 for primetime games, 255 for something else. But better announced the 22nd mark on the timer. Pitcher must throw with the ball within five seconds before the clock hits zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pitcher is no longer guaranteed eight warm-up pitches, but they can get as many warm-up pitches in that time frame as they can. And pitchers change. Pitcher changes have the same time frame now as beginning of inning changes. Did you guys see the one that MLB was talking about reportedly? The rule that they were like that didn't like actually happen, but they're like bringing it up. They're rumbling behind the scenes. Oh, the 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 ninth inning one. They that they can have that that they're they want to potentially institute the idea that whoever's losing in the ninth inning can hit whoever they want. Doesn't matter where they are in the lineup. So if we're hitting not if we're hitting seven eight nine, screw it. Let's bring JD Martinez to the plate. Who cares? I'm not gonna lie. That, that would love be, it. That would be electric. I, it's that like would three be... overtime in hockey. It needs to there's happen. there's so much, there'd be so much drama around it. I would love it so much. Oh, imagine yeah. that when Dave Ortiz was playing. Oh, oh. that would bad be a, every single that would time. Be too, every at bat. That would piss that you know that would piss you off at some point though if you're a Red Sox fan. Because oh, you're not going to well, get that same opportunity. How great would that be, though? Base hit, David Ortiz, invisible runner, back to home play. Is the invisible runner on first base? David Ortiz up a bet again. I don't. I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> I don't care. I want that to happen. <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. Like I think the Yankees would just automatically go. See, like this isn't fair. The Yankees would automatically go in the ninth inning, down by two. John Carlos Stanton, Aaron Judge, uh, Gary, Gary Sanchez against Craig Kimbrell. Sure, I'm in. Let's do it. Craig. That's drama. It would be, yeah, it would be dramatic, but you can get that in a regular game. That would be insane. I'm in. I don't think they should do it, but I would love it. F that. Absolutely. Uh, Sebastian Janikowski slugging beers, kicking field goals, kicking footballs. Uh, The Raiders are not going to be bringing him back. He's 39 years old. The guy had an absolute, probably one of the strongest legs, if not the strongest leg in football history. He can still boot it. Oh, yeah. He'll get picked up by a team, no doubt. The Chargers. The Chargers had like nine fucking kickers last year. Right. Oh, those poor things. And they only won. They only lost like, they lost like what, three or four games by less than a field goal. Oh, yeah. They could have won so many more games. I wouldn't be shocked now that I'm saying it if Janikowski goes to L.A. Yeah. Already out there. Lauren, explain this one more because you have more information on it. Racist Blackhawks fans. That's all I have labeled. (laughs) Oh, okay. So, um, Devontae, uh, Pelly Smith, Smith Pelly. I can't remember his name Hockey now. Name. Um, he, went the, he went just to the penalty box. Yeah, he went to the penalty box. Um, he's on the Capitals, and they were they were in Chicago. Uh, these four fans were so he's black. So these four oh. fans uh, uh. Were, were taunting him, and they were saying, <laughs> I, "I've read a few different things. I've read that they were chanting basketball at him. I've 
read that they were yelling, go back to playing basketball. Um, and he reacted. He obviously like, you know, he ran, ran at them kind of thing. Um, uh, no, cause he was in the penalty box. He, no, went, I, oh, he tried to go bash brothers over the glass. Well, yeah, he didn't get that far though, but like, I wish he got his hands on him. Oh yeah. Me too. And, um, those fans were escorted out there. Apparently they've been banned from home games, which is great, but I, there's so many other entrances besides like the main entrance. Like, you know, it's like Fenway. There's like eight entrances you can go in. So you can ban someone from Fenway, but they're going to go into gate B instead of gate E from now on. So, um, the Blackhawks came out, made a statement, you know, saying, you know, we don't tolerate that, blah, blah, blah. And, um, a big thing that everyone was saying that it's, it's hockey's month for being like hockey is for everyone, which is, you know, it's like, if you're gay, you're straight, you're black, you're white, you're whatever. It's hockey's for everyone. And it just kind of, came out now where it's just like oh these four people are just gonna be just just gonna be assholes i mean i said in my article tonight that i'm all for taunting the players the away fans like whatever but it's like come on like leave leave, leave race out of it don't be race. a scumbag right yeah, like, just seriously, no. call them call them an asshole call them call them everything say that they suck say they i don't, I don't know but there's Dude, so like many the- the worst part is like about this kind of stuff is like there's always like those old crotchety people or like those those like privileged little sons of bitches who are like, oh, you know, you everybody shouldn't be so sensitive anymore. No, it's easy. Just don't be an asshole. Right. That's don't all it be, is. Be a normal asshole, not an extreme asshole. Right. Yeah, like, don't, like there's you know, there's things that you don't say. You don't talk about race. You don't talk about somebody's sexual orientation. You don't make fun of somebody's religion. You just don't do that. So you don't make it. You don't make fun of somebody's kids or wife. Those are like the five things that you don't do. It's not hard. It's no. not hard. Just don't be a dick. And they had nice seats, so it's like good for them for wasting all that money. And I mean, whatever. Like, I, I mean, good for him for for kind of like rushing at those kids because don't you don't sit there and take it. Like, I get it. I mean, like I said, in a set of my article tonight, we're from Boston. We hear it all the time that our fans are racist. Yeah, funny, funny how this isn't blowing up, by the way, like it would. If, if this were oh, here, this was Boston. Imagine. Well, it blew, up in, it blew up in uh, 2009 or 2010 when uh, Joel Ward scored the game-winning goal in Game 7 against the Bruins. And Joel Ward's a black hockey player. Oh, my God. Twitter went oh, nuts. Oh, black yeah. guy. And I remember that. it was, you know, it was black people don't play hockey or same thing, like go back to playing basketball. It's just like... No, oh people God. are so fucking dumb. People it's, are so fucking dumb. It, it drives me nuts because I'm like, we should just be past that. Like, whatever. Like, say anything else, please. No, and I, re- I remember that in 09, too. It was, it was pathetic the way people acted. It's pathetic. It's pathetic if you are still remotely racist. And, like, it's, it's crazy that it's actually, like, not to get political. This isn't a political podcast whatsoever. But just, like, it's nuts that there are still people out there who like this. And I'm not saying that any certain person who might be leading our country brought it out of people. But... I mean, he didn't make he didn't make people racist. He just made people feel comfortable to be racist. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's just ridiculous that it's still like that. Like, even if you go down south, it's bad. Oh, down south is a whole other story. But but it's like but down south, it's like the Civil War never happened. And then it's it's ridiculous. Dude, I know somebody who went to school in the south and their history books Mm -hmm. actually say he went in Missouri. Their history books say they won the Civil War. Oh, dear. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, they'll just teach him false stuff, and it's like, come on. It's just nutty, like, the things that have happened this year. Like, even in, like, at Fenway, like, we had the whole, like, Adam Jones thing, and then the banner. I was at that game with the banner, and it's just like, what are you trying to prove? What are you trying to do? It's like, we're all there for the same reason, and it's to enjoy whatever game we're at, to root for whatever team we want to root for. 
leave it at that. Taunt the fans, taunt the players. Just call them assholes. Say anything else. Call them ass clowns. Anything. But it's like, keep don't it ruin sports. The, Just keep yeah. it sports. Hey, Lauren girl. Don't, don't, don't ruin the experience. Oh, Fox? The hey. Lauren girl from oh, Fox? Oh, Lauren Ingram. No, I'm saying, I'm saying Lauren dog to you. Oh. What's up, baby? Take that microphone. Yep. Do this for me. Take a little bit from the mouth. Cause I think that that might be that might be what's the what the what the breathing issue is. You, you feel me? And I don't care if this stays in the podcast. This is that's much better. There we go. <laughs> there we it can go. stay in the podcast. It's again. I don't care if it stays in the podcast. Oh, I don't care. Next, guys, just get just get these babies. These things are fucking hot. Uh, for, I'm pointing my microphone. One, my favorite story from the week, and probably from the past year. Fergie bombed her national anthem on Sunday night. Bombed it at the NBA All-Star Game. Did you guys watch it? Yeah. It was so it was, bad. It was, it was bad. That's an understatement. It, it was unbelievable. I don't know if she was trying to sex it up a little bit. I, I but don't it know. Was she, tried, aggressive. She, she like clearly tried to make it her own thing, which is like it, it's the anthem for a reason. Why change it? It's a country's flagship song. But... It was bad. Like, I was laughing during the national anthem, and people, players were laughing during the national anthem. Like, it was just, it was absolutely ridiculous. I, I personally don't think she's, I mean, I, I think she's talented. I don't think she's a very good singer when it comes to being live. I don't hear think. My humps? Uh, yeah, I've heard my humps. Hello. Yeah, yeah. That makes it quality. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, watch she's your mouth, Lauren. Watch your mouth. <laughs> no, you. no, I say, I'm saying live. <laughs> I'm saying live. She's, well, she's, I mean, auto tune just are great live, too, Lauren. <laughs> auto tune does great things for people and i've seen her i I haven't i haven't never seen her personally live but you know there's there's been live performances tv the grammys super bowls i was i was all in on the black eyed peas when i was younger oh same wouldn't you be i I still am i'll still jam for the black eyed peas if they come on what listen when i was young the black eyed peas though did was the first group to ever make me realize that people aren't as good live because i was watching the today show and they were on there when I was like eight, nine years old, and they so came on. I'd be like, "Mom, I, oh my god, what? turn it up, turn it up!" And they didn't sound anything like the CD. I was like, "Auntie Donna, what the hell is this? The hell happened to the TV? What is wrong with the Black Eyed Peas?" <laughs> uh, last, Team LeBron won the NBA All Star Game, one forty eight, one forty five, and LeBron was named the MVP. Honestly, sick All Star Game. Let's move on though. But it was a good All Star Game. Defense was actually played. I love the uh, format. Me too. Let's talk J.D. Martinez quickly, quickly. Touch on a little bit, take a little, little bit, or we can talk about as much as we need to. Uh, J.D. Martinez signs with the Red Sox. We just talked about this with Jared Carabas of Barstool Sports. I can't believe I call it. I'm pissed at myself for calling this Section 9. But it's okay because we got J.D. Martinez, so whatever. J.D. Martinez, five years, $110 million. So, He's gone after two years. Uh, I don't two, think maybe, so. Maybe three. Maybe three. I think he'll stay for the third year. I think if but, they're winning, he'll definitely stay. Um, but at the same time, he's not going to be here for the five years. There's no well, way. You got to remember, for these guys, it's all about money. So you got to think, is this guy going to get more than $22 million a year? He plays well else? for the next well, years, yes. But look at the free agency for, class next year. He's not getting any money. Well, yeah, because people are waiting to see if they can get Bryce Harper. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. That, that happened this year. And people weren't were kind of skeptical because with Detroit, they ha- he has good numbers. People don't really look at the numbers when they try to make their argument. But like, 
what he did with Arizona was what people remember him by because he was Detroit was bad once um they kind of started to band, split that band up. He's a good player, and if he comes in here and does what we all expect him to do, stay healthy, DH, play the outfield occasionally, and pop balls over the monster, he's going to get paid in three years more than he got paid now. See, I, he'll be 33 years old, though. I don't think he's getting more. Hit. He's not getting more than $22 million. Yes, because then by then he'll be a legit full-time DH who can still hit the crap out of the ball. I think you're just being silly. No Why? DH is going to get more than that, though. Wouldn't you pay only... Ortiz that kind of money? Yeah, because he's – but you know he's not David Ortiz. You know he's not David Ortiz. He's nothing <laughs> close to David Ortiz. Not nothing will ever be David Ortiz. There's nobody who will ever be in the conversation of can this DH become – a Hall of Famer. Hopefully, no he I don't even. I don't, and that's will Ortiz even be in the Hall of Fame? Is even a question. Yes, he will be. That's that's stupid. I'm not even going to have that conversation right now. <laughs> I agree with you, but you know it's a question that's out there. But JD Martinez can hit, and I love the move. And I don't get, I don't get these people, uh, even on our own website, CouchGuysSports.com, saying that this is a bad signing. I think that is absurd to say that's oh, a bad especially signing. Especially with the contract structure, it makes the most sense in the world. The Red Sox got a good deal on this guy. Like, yeah. people, guys, remember, he was supposed to get, or he was, Scott Boris put him out there seven years, over $200 million. Yeah. No. That's okay. what that's what he originally was asking for, and he didn't get that. $110 million. People have to get, people have to realize that's a really good contract for what this guy is. It's and a deal. It is a steal. And the guy's not only going to be your DH, he's also going to be able to give your outfield breaks, which is, which is, I think is a little underrated. We're not talking about that. Jackie Bradley Jr.'s slump. You put Andrew Benny, Benny Tendy in center field. You put JD in left field. And, and you just forget about injuries, too. Yeah. Like you, and injuries, scheduled days off, like it all matters. Like all those little things that one, John Farrell couldn't do on his own. He couldn't figure out how to manage a baseball team. But at the same time, it's, you need those kind of things, and it's 162 games. It's a long season. He's gonna get his time in the outfield. I I do think they actually meant it when they told him that. And look, it's it's gonna happen. He's gonna play left. I don't know if he'll ever see center field. He might not even see right field, but he's gonna sniff the outfield. I'm here for it. I love the signing. And you want to you want to talk about the Red Sox Yankees right now? Yes. Other than Yankee fans, like Jared said, Carabas earlier, and baseball fans who aren't paying attention. The Red Sox are a team that can F with the Yankees now. The Red Sox have a starting five of Chris Sale. They, If David Price pitches, because we know Chris Sale will pitch five. If David Price pitches like the guy that the Red Sox thought they signed and we thought the Red Sox signed, that's the best one-two punch in baseball. Mm-hmm. Oh, for oh sure. yeah. Chris Sale, Pomerance. David Price. Drew Pommy. Drew Pommy even throws a three ERA. That's fine. Rick Porcello. Is now your four starter. Won the Cy Young Award. And is now your four starter. He pitched. He pitched well last year. He just couldn't get the runs for it. See, I don't. I don't agree with that because he gave up a million home runs. But that's his yeah. MO. He always. He even gave up home runs the year he won the Cy Young Award. So can we stop with that, please? He sucked last year. Okay, I didn't even, say he didn't, but I'm just saying he still gave up home runs when he won the freaking Cy Young. So like, get over it. And He's then Stephen Wright's knuckleball. No, I'm not gonna get Steven over Wright's it because knuckleball. he pitches a Fenway knuckleball. Park. Dick. Give it up. Yeah, and he used to give up solo shots. He was giving up bombs this okay, year. That's a mental thing. That's a mental thing. Oh, is that, that, means that, he wasn't that means he wasn't is pitching. Is going to get the Red Sox wins? Shut your mouth. That means he wasn't oh, no, pitching it's not. around when he gave up home runs. At least in the Cy Young year, he, he gave up solo home runs. It's still going to happen. He's going to give up home runs. It's just a matter if he can make them solo homers or grand slams, what the Red Sox apparently can't do. So that's, that's, that's it. Gonna make, that's, not, that's no argument that's going to make me happy. 
<laughs> he's always going to give up home runs, Nick. That, if you don't like it, then just have him get traded because that's that's who he is. I'm going to look these stats up right now because, quite frankly, I don't believe you. Well, you know what? Go screw. He, give, he gives up home runs all the time. Yeah, I know he gives up home runs, but he's got to— And then Stephen that's, Wright that's, isn't going to be healthy. I guarantee it. Something's going to happen. And e well, he might not, be suspended in the beginning of the year, too. That's true. Erod's not going to be back for the regular season start. So no. it's just a matter of who's that fifth starter to fill in. Do they even Joe use Kelly. five starters to Brian start? Johnson. No. Maybe Brian Johnson. Not, don't, don't, do not let Joe Kelly sniff the starting rotation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. I forgot. Rick Porcello led the league in home runs given up. <laughs> he, gave up he gave up 38 last year. 2016 is Cy Young year. His Cy Young year, Jared, he gave up 15 less. Yeah, still gave up a lot, though. Like, that's 15 a less than 38 that's a is still a lot of home That's a significant decrease. Like, that's why he didn't win the Cy Young last year, Nicholas. Yeah, because he's because he sucked. What was the ER let? And he sucked even more the year he got here. So what? That he was a starter. He's an every other year kind of guy. Like so the now we're in the every other year, so this is fine. Yeah, right, he's, the, he's the San Francisco Giants. Great. So, so we are in 2018. Yeah, let's hope. If 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 Rick Porcello can be the third guy, the third strong guy in this rotation, we're in. Red Sox, Red Sox World Series bound. He's gonna be fourth. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, Palmer. I, I, last year, I will tell you, I was the least person, last person to go for Drew Pomerantz, and yeah, you were. can attest to that because I said that on CLS Media a lot. And I'm all in this year. Like he's convinced me. It was a health thing. He looked great last year when he was healthy, and there's no sign of him being hurt this year. He's your three-starter. He has to be. Five o'clock shadow Drew Pomeranz is where it's at. Love five o'clock shadow Drew Pomeranz. Because that's that's the guy who wins. Um, but yeah, I know. This J.D. Martinez signing is so fucking good. So oh, good. Wait. Unbelievable. Wait. Um, all right. Like, it was like 75 degrees today in the city. Can it, can it be? Oh, it's been. Sorry, <laughs> right, it's snowing tomorrow, so it's fine. Yay. Yeah, I hate my life. All right, let's slide into Lauren's DMs quick because Lauren's DMs, again, more like an every other week thing. Lauren took last week off like a bump, so we had to push it back to this week. And we had some that were pretty electric. I want to finish with my my last one. Oh, Lauren. So this guy, this guy starts it off with a picture, above picture. This is Lauren's DMs, by the way. One of my favorites. (laughs) The best of the best of her DMs. This guy, is he holding his balls? Yes. Oh, shit. I didn't even see that. This guy is, this is a man, I know you guys can't see this. You're listening to the show. This guy is straight up holding his ball sack, butt-ass naked, laying down on a bed uh, with three kissy faces and an eggplant emoji. Lauren, have you ever talked to this guy? Do you want to know the kicker with this one? What? This is my ex-boyfriend's best friend. Oh. (laughs) Love that. My ex, my ex-boyfriend from like five or six years ago not oh that one oh not the one yeah. who's sending me the date but yeah so i'm yeah. like oh so this is this is somebody that you look in his eye and call him like a brother and then you're gonna go and send me that wow this guy leads it off with an electric question that i want to debate would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or 100 duck-sized horses this is no conversation leads it off leads off the conversation with this <laughs> I'll read it. Would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or 100 duck-sized horses? I'm asking us. Yes, I'm asking. Horse-sized duck. Horse-sized duck. I'm fighting. I'm fighting 100 duck-sized horses. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. One hundred duck-sized horses. I'm fighting them all. <laughs> no, I want. The, give me the big. Give me the big mama. <laughs> yeah, dude. You know. Feet. Imagine that's that's my thing, Pat. Imagine a bill of a duck, enlarged to the size of a horse. That thing could eat you. These guys that, just have to kick. That'd be creepy though. I do like ducks, so I wouldn't mind duck-sized horses. You just have. That'd to be a way to go. That'd be fun. You just have to kick them all, or you could just grab them all by the mane and toss them. But or you're just gonna have to run. I'd imagine they're fast as fuck, though. I imagine they're fast as fuck. Probably. If you it, that would be one of those like zombie situations from Call of Duty where you'd have to just light them up and just pray, or you'd have to climb. Because remember, guys, horses can't climb. Climb up a tree. They're not getting up that tree. Good point. Unless they gonna, use. Each then other. what are you gonna do? Like Caddis Everdeen them? bow and arrow from the tree like if you if you're it it also depends the 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 armory that you are supplied with because if you have the correct armory and guns and bows you can win this fight easy 100 duck sized horses not even a question this guy hey this is i like this one only because it doesn't make any sense the way he approaches this. No, no prior messages. He just goes, "Hey, beautiful lady, good night, hon." Leads it <laughs> off with a hello. Immediately says good night in the same message. Do you want a conversation? Do you not want a conversation? Rib, I can't pronounce this guy's name. Got his tongue out though. Any interest in a sugar daddy? I know it sounds kind of wild, but. I just don't know. I just don't want anything serious at the moment, but wouldn't mind the company and intimacy and to spoil someone. LOL. Dot, 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 dot. <laughs> this guy, this guy rips it open. Sorry to slide into your DMs, but it's, you're providing content, baby. Keep sliding into those DMs. But I'm willing to bring you to spring training. You don't even know. I, I, I love the spring ever... training one. That's just fantastic. They They clearly think they know you. I would never take a girl that I've never met before to spring training because that's guaranteed. What if she's a, what if Lauren, what if you're a psycho? You got to spend days with a psycho that you didn't know was a psycho. Yep. And now you're screwed because you're stuck with me. What are you going to do? Leave him? And you're bringing a psycho on an airplane, which is even more of an issue. This one, this one's my favorite one. This is the one that I wanted to round it out with because he leads it off kind of, kind of nice. He starts it off kind of nice. I'm thinking this is just an honest to God. I swear to God, when I first when I was reading this halfway through, I was like, this one doesn't seem weird. I got, <laughs> this guy actually seems pretty nice. So he goes, hey, saw your profile and you seem like a laid back kind of person. My name's Ryan. I'm 28. Just graduated with my master's in mental health counseling. I'm on here looking for a long term relationship and notice you were, too. We have some similar answers in our questions, and I think we could hit, we could really hit it off. Would you like to chat and get to know one another? And I should be honest and straightforward. I'm looking for someone to relocate and eventually move in with me and sub for my 24-7 BDSM relationship. Would you be open to that? <laughs> <laughs> this guy. Yes. Starts it yes. off. And, and that's what I mean. Like 90% through that message. I was like, this guy just seems like a normal dude looking for a relationship. And then he hits you. And then he cocksmacks you with a 24-7 BDSM <laughs> sub. I don't even know what that means. It means, like, it means basically, like... Are you, you substituting have... for his BDSM lover? No, you have to, like, 
be their submissive. So you have to like oh. at, at any at any point, like it'd be like three AM and they would like come wake me up. It'd be awful. It's twenty four seven. I have to just like I have to be basically their slave. Who would sign up for that? It, there's a lot of weird people out there. Yeah. That's what I mean. You open up this conversation and like and I swear to God, the whole conversation I would I was like, this guy seems fucking normal. Then all of a sudden he slaps you with that. Twenty four seven BDSM slave. <laughs> All right, that was Lauren's the end for the week. Uh, what a way to go out. All right, so real quick, I want to talk about two quick things, and then we're done. Lauren, because just because we haven't talked about them ever, and I know you really want to talk about them, the Boston Bruins. And Woo! I love the Bruins. So, they're okay, just, I'm even done shrugging on them. They're fun to watch right now. They're very fun to watch, and they're winning me loads of money, except for Saturday night when I drunkenly bet a lot of money that I shouldn't oh, have Oh, you did. You really did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, that was not good. Oh. <laughs> uh, I remember I was, ta- I was talking to you because before you were out, and you're like, how do you like Vancouver? Against Vancouver, I'm like, no, nah, it should be okay. And you bet them, and they like, lost like 6-1. I, yeah. bet, I bet more money when I was at the bar. Oh, that's like, oh, God, I wish I was there. On that I'm same game. Fantastic. <laughs> it's fine, man. I'm still positive. Whatever. I'm playing with house money now, baby. But, uh, but Lauren, give me a quick synopsis on the Bruins. What, you, what, the, what the hell's going on? Because you're you're the resident Bruins person. I love the Bruins too, but listen, you know what? No, I'll leave this off. The team is fire right now. This first line is fire. Having a top line of Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, and David Pasternak with the potential, which Bruce Cassidy's got the balls to do, when Pasternak's getting pushed around, to switch out him for David Backus so Backus can push people around on the first line and score. Bruce Cassidy, in my opinion, has the most credit for this for this Bruins team right now. Well, of course he does because, because it's basically it's be, no, it's basically just because he's been he's doing what we all wanted Chloe to do. It's just let the young kids play, play an up tempo style hockey game, and boom, that's what your you roster was built for. You mean for. play 2018 hockey? Play yeah. this years hockey and and look at what's happening in montreal they fucking suck and shocker who's their coach Claude julian yeah it's, it's awesome bruce cassidy deserves so much more credit than what he's getting and i i just think he's not getting that credit because they're playing so well everyone jake debrush charlie mcavoy produced bergeron's having a career year it's fantastic what he's doing and he could be coach of the year like 100 percent and oh, he's got to be, be in line for it. No, it's gonna be the it's gonna be the Vegas Knights coach. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Which hold on, that's a joke because they just got to pick and choose. Everyone's like, here, here are my sloppy seconds until you get your draft picks and can rebuild for the long haul. That's and bullshit. Doing awesome. It is, but yeah. I think I think they're Bruce Cassidy will. Cassidy will absolutely give him a run for his money. But uh, if you told me, I think I tweeted this this morning, February twenty first, twenty eighteen, Bruins are one that point out of first that place. That is today. Yep. So I did tweet that out this morning. If you told me the Bruins would be one point out of first place, I would laugh in your face. I would, I, I, I wrote would this spit in your mouth. Pretty much, but maybe that BDSM guy would have liked that. So who knows? But you gotta, you gotta <laughs> answer that boy, and you gotta. Laugh. <laughs> We're gonna, gonna have win, some, baby. some fire content next week. Um, but the, the, this Bruins team, this is blows my mind. Absolutely not what I expected. I wrote this huge article for just kind of just basically shitting all over the team being like they suck give up like what what do we have to do to get this team to play well and lo and behold Tukaras stopped sucking the 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 youth just found their way to click 
Bergeron, like says, having a career year. Backus is healthy. Now he's healthy. Marshan is just doing Marshan things. And Pasternak is finally just coming into his own. He's he's got to stop being so goddamn fancy because it pisses me off every time. Because he just, does he does get too saucy sometimes and tries too hard with it. But with but with the right amount of sauce though, he's phenomenal. Right, but nine times out of ten, he's he's very fast, and I don't think he understands how fast he is. And he's fast, and then he tries to be fancy, and it just doesn't work. Like kid, you're very talented enough already. Stop with the spins. Stop with the the fancy wraparounds and stuff. You're fine. You're fine on your skates. Put the puck in the net because you can clearly do that without being fancy. So, is this team a cup contender, the Lauren? Like, legitimately, like when they get to the postseason and they're playing these series, can these kids really last? I think so. I I do, and I think it's. I'm be interviewing Lauren now. Yeah, yep. I like I'm, it. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> half these kids are. Look, I'm not a hockey guy. Like, I like. Well, shut up and let her answer. <laughs> I'm just. I'm seeing Done poise. I'm seeing poise from. <laughs> from DeBrusque and McAvoy like you don't see that kind of poise from from kids you, you, you look at Jason Tatum on the Celtics you don't see that kind of poise from a 19 year old kid playing basketball you see that same kind of poise in McAvoy DeBrusque even Pasternak Pasternak's young too and you know there's people in that lineup Vetrano Carlo they're still young but you know they're not producing to what they should be but then you have Adam McQuaid who looks to be 100% healthy David Krejci looks to be healthy which is a goddamn miracle for the both of them Every everyone, everyone is just clicking. These lines work, and if you screw up, Cassidy's like, "All right, down you go." Like Pashnak got demoted to the third line a couple games ago, and yeah, then but he'll bring him back up. Which but then he brought, yeah, he brought him right back, and he performed well. So Cassidy knows what to do with these players, and I think this was the thing when he got hired. I'm like, he's a player's coach, not like in a John Farrell players coach kind of thing, but like. He will be there for you, but he will put you in your place when you need to be. He'll be like, okay, you suck. Get down there. You're done. And then a shift later, he's like, all right, you good? Get back out there and show me that you're good. And they do it. They respond well to him, and they respond well to each other. And it's just and somebody who's really underrated this last week or two is Dan Chara. He has been absolutely oh phenomenal. The guy has been fire this season. It's um, amazing. He's not going to be done playing. Like He's got at least a couple more years in him. Like I, He's probably got like two. He looks quick. He looks quick. He does. Is, he must be on that TV 12 diet too, man. Cause he is, but I think the biggest thing with him is the fact that he's not relying or he's not having to do as much as he had to when he was like playing with Seidenberg post injury and that whole situation. He's the playing with a guy in the league. Exactly. Seriously. He's got McAvoy. He's, he's playing with a guy in Charlie McAvoy who can take a lot of the workload of skating around, chasing people off his plate. So now he's fresh. He's healthy longer and yep. can worry about just crushing people and moving the puck on offense. His Instagram is also adorable. Yeah, his Instagram post with Bergeron was very yep. adorable. Yep. Um, okay. I mean, hell yeah, the bees are fire right now. I love them. I, I'm getting more a kick out of watching them than I am the Celtics, which usually doesn't happen. Usually, I love I love all four sports. Don't get me wrong. I'll watch them all. But usually, if I had a preference, I the Bruins and the Celtics were at the bottom. Bruins are usually at the bottom. But this year, the Bruins are fucking hot, and I love watching them. I'm, a, I'm having a great time watching them. Is it because I'm a little bit more invested in the games than I have ever been before? Yeah, maybe. Yes. But but I'm having a great time watching them. Let's finish the show with this. It's been a long-ass show, baby. I just want to ask one question. We're going to talk about that Mavericks, Dallas Mavericks, yeah, uh, Sports Illustrated expose. They kind of they came out and really shell-shocked. Uh, the Mavs. Mark Cuban said today that he was blindsided by it, uh, which, you know, 
it's not a story be. if it's not a blind side. Like this, this stuff is a blind side. Like this so, is what it is. We're not gonna we're not gonna be able to fully talk about it because we don't really have the time to, but uh, the Mavs president and CEO uh, and don't 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 yell at me if I pronounce this name wrong because it's uh, it looks foreign to me. I don't really understand. Don't really know how to say it. Terdema Usure works for me. Terdema Terdema Usure whatever chief. Uh, he's president and CEO. The Dallas Mavericks was. President CEO, and then Sports Illustrated came out with a big bombshell piece today. Former, uh, ES, uh, former Mavericks employees talking about the locker room culture that goes on there, and how this one account literally she said that she got hired by the Mavs was with some of her friends, and then one of her fr- a couple of her friends were like, "Don't get trapped in an elevator alone with that guy." Like that's how bad this guy was. He was sexually harassing everybody there. It seemed like everybody knew about it. They were kind of hush-hush about it, trying to keep him there. Mark Cuban and said he knew about it. He knew what was going on. Mark Cuban said he knew about it. Didn't he suspend him? Yep, and then let him work and let, let him keep working. And then that never fired. Yep, never fired him, never came out. This guy was talking to these girls about, like, there was at the beginning of the story, oh I remember they, talking Nuts. about, like, oh, what are you doing tonight? Oh, we're just going out with friends, you know, seeing movies. Oh, no, you're probably getting a gangbang. Yeah, definitely, definitely get it. No, no, I think I'm just going out with friends. See, no, you're definitely gonna get a gangbang. So I'm like, wait, what the fuck? That's like the first two paragraphs of this expose. Yeah, never mind you the rest. You can't say that shit. That's no. not okay. That is not okay. Like, in and, and just like, it just sucks that there are people, especially like these women who have to deal with that in in these areas. It just sucks. You get a dream job. You're working for the Dallas Mavericks. You don't want to have to go. They've said in the story that they were scared to go to work or they didn't like going to work. It was a harsh work environment. They said that the law and and they call it locker room culture. And she even said straight up, I felt safer in the locker room than I did with in the in the in the offices for the maps, which is crazy. That's so bad. It's it sucks that we have to live in a world where there are scumbag men like this. But here's my question. Mark Cuban, is the NBA going to force him to sell the team because no. he didn't do enough about it? Nope. Because he makes this league so. a crap ton of money. Crap yeah, ton of money. Oh, I would try to disagree with you, but I can't. I don't think they're going to do it because he, he makes this league a crap ton of money. The only reason I think that they might is because Adam Silver, commissioner of the NBA, pretty con- pretty conscious about the mm-hmm. public's view of the NBA. If it were to happen, I think it w- I think it would be the right move. I, I, as much as I like Mark Cuban yep. as as a public figure, scummy move for what he did here. I mean, I, I wouldn't disagree with it either, but you really don't think it's going to happen, do you? No, I'm 60-40. I'm close. I'm 60-40. Yeah, see, I think it's like 80-20. Like, it's not going to happen. Like, like this dude was fined, what, $600,000 for talking about tanking to their Yeah, to man, two days, two days is bad shit for him. And, like, literally 600 grand to him is literally like five bucks. Like, this dude is loaded. He makes this league billions of dollars, and he can talk about tanking, and no one really makes a big deal of it. Like, he's an idiot, but he makes the money, and he's not going anywhere. Yeah, I'm kind of right there. Like, I'm, I'm like 70-30. I, I don't think he's going to get fired. But, Nick, you bring up a good point with the whole Adam Silver thing. Um, Adam he's, Silver's the man. He's, he's, very the, he's the best commissioner in the pro Best sport. commissioner. Oh, I agree. Sports. He takes no shit, so... That's the only reason I wouldn't be surprised if something happens with Cuban in this whole situation. But, I mean... Mar- you you dress him at- in a Slenderman costume? 
Perfect yep. Spider-Man. <laughs> I mean, Ad, like I said, Adam Silver takes no shit. So he's going to get out there. He's going to do something, whether it's a fine, suspension, whatever. He's he's going to do something. I don't think he's going to get fired or sell his team or be forced to do anything. But, I mean, I I, I like Mark Cuban. I've always liked Mark Cuban. And mm-hmm. it, it sucks that this story comes out. But, I mean, I'm just I'm not surprised by anything like this anymore. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. Do you know where none of this stuff happens? Couch loose Guys. Change. Couch Guys Sports Loose Change Podcast, episode number 48 of the books. Long show, but thank you, Jared Carabas, for coming on today. Great guest. Glad we finally could get you on. Still do you want to announce, announce next week's show? Still apologize. Yes, you can, but give me a second. Still apologizing for saying Section 9 podcast or show. It's because everything he's got so many things going on. What do you, like it's it's tough. What am I supposed Love to say? It. Starting Be nine. On top of life. Come starting on. nine. Oh, I watch them all, dude. It's just it's, it's so it's much is going on. Yeah. Starting nine. Section ten podcast. Evening yak on Sirius XM channel eighty five. Uh, mm-hmm. Barstool Radio uh, with Dan Katz, aka Big Cat. Uh, that's it. Oh, follow him on Twitter at Jared underscore Carabas. Couch Guy Sports Loose Change Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Loose Change Pod. That is run by Lauren Campbell over here uh, on your screen or in your ears. Uh, Couch Guy Sports on Twitter, on Facebook, on Stitcher, on iTunes. Rate and subscribe on iTunes. Rate and subscribe on iTunes. That's the big one. Do it right there. If you love us, do it right there. Rate and subscribe on iTunes. Tell your friends. Share it on Facebook. Do everything. Couch Guy Sports, Loose Change Podcast, episode number 48 of the books. Thank you guys for listening. Have a good damn night. <laughs>